everybody and welcome to the Lion of Vienna Suite podcast. We are back after the international break and by God do we finally have something fun to talk about. But first of all, my name is Dan Murphy and joining me today is Mr Chris Manning. Chris, how are you? I'm alright, thanks Dan. Apart from the fact that my eye has started itching about 10 minutes ago, so I'm not sure if that means I've been coming into money or something weird. Um, maybe it's just the excitement of the podcast. Maybe. But overall, I'm, I'm in I'm in rude health, my friend. It's nice to be back on and talking. Absolutely. With a happy note in our voices. Absolutely. And also joining me today is Mr. Uh, Will Jones. Will, how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. Enjoying university, but I'll be glad to get back to the to the games next week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And finally, joining us, for at least I think maybe the first time, or at least the first time in a while, Mr. Tom Jenkins. Tom, how are you? Not bad at all, thanks, Dan. Voice is a bit uh, hoarse after all the cheering mm. we did yesterday. It's not used to that at all. But no, as Chris said, rude health. Thank you for asking. Mm, great stuff, no worries. Well, and I said we're all in such a tip-top mood because Bolton Wanderers only went and finally fucking won a game midway through October. You know, we're only on five points, still bottom, still three below the next team, which is Sunderland. But, Christopher, we finally fucking won. And we beat Sheffield Wednesday, mm-hmm. no less. It was an amazing, an amazing celebration at full time, Dan. It was, it was only maybe half a notch below the celebrations at full time against Peterborough. I half expected a pitch invasion, to be honest. It was, it was unbelievable. The tension going into the last ten minutes. There were idiots leaving. They were leaving with ten minutes to go in a game that was so important, and we were playing so well. And it was backs against the wall, arses, arses up defending, and. I'd not seen Bolton team defend as, as heroically as that in the last few minutes of a game in a long, long time. It was really, really positive to see that, you know, we may well still get relegated. I mean, that's obviously odds on at this minute in time. But to think that we might not be as pathetic as we all thought we were, it really does It really does lift your spirits. 24 hours after the game, you still might realise that, you know, we're on five points and we're rock bottom of the league, blah, blah, blah. But... For a, for a few hours after the game, it was it was like there was no problems in the world, and, and we were all happy. So, yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. It was easily the most enjoyable game we've had this season. Although that's not a very difficult uh, competition to win, but no, you know, more of the same next week would be absolutely delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, we beat Wednesday two one thanks to an amazing goal from Sammy Amiobi and uh, well, an own goal slash Darren Prattley. I think it was an own goal by Sam Hutchinson that got it. So Wednesday did manage to get one back from Kieran Lee. Towards the 70th minute, I imagine, Tom, that at that moment we all knew as well as everyone else thought that we were going to fuck it up and lose, but we somehow held on. Well, Chris has put his finger on it, talking about the heroic defending. I mean, there was the one incident in the first half where both Mark Little and Mark Beavers made goal line clearances mm. uh, to deny Wednesday, and that just set the tone for what the rest of the match was going to be in terms of our, our defensive performance. It, it was something that we haven't been used to seeing this season whatsoever, almost heart back to the kind of stuff that we saw last year in League One. But no, it, it, it was just an, an incredible performance in the end. It came out of, out of nowhere, really. I mean, I said after the Aston Villa game that you could see that there was an improvement. But I, I was never going to expect a performance like that. I was on the train with a bunch of Sheffield Wednesday fans telling them how bad we were and how it was going to be easy for them to win and I would just be happy if we scored. But, you know, we, we, gave, we gave them a, a good kick in. We gave them a good battering in the midfield. I mean, Barry Bannon's a fantastic player, but he couldn't compete physically with Carl Henry and Darren Prattley. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think it was the physicality and the, and the desire to win that saw us over the line. Absolutely, absolutely. Will, would you All say... Oh, true. Oh, I must oh, just say, before, before you don't mind me just, just no. dip in a little bit, I, I thought I thought Bannon was absolutely sensational in the game. He was he was playing the game like 
I'm not not an NFL person by any stretch of the imagination, but the other quarterback term springs to mind. He was spraying passes left and right, little dinks, little tricks, little flicks. It certainly wasn't the Barry Bannon that I remember playing for us, who, who you know, from, who blew very much hot and cold. I thought I don't know what you thought, Tom, but I thought he was fantastic. Probably probably the best player on the pitch, if I'm being honest. I think his ability and his passing range was clear to see. Um, and, and in that sense, you're completely right with the quarterback reference. But I think and the Wednesday fans that I spoke to put their fingers on it. He didn't he didn't control the game as much as he'd have liked. And I think if we'd, if we'd allowed him more influence in the game, we probably wouldn't be sitting here talking about us winning the match. I think Henry, in the end, managed to do a job on him. Exactly. And if you remember when we had uh, the weeks before we had Henry and we had um, the two centre midfielders in there, the criticism that we had of the midfield was that they allowed player plays and creative plays to, to run right through us and I think having Prattley and Henry in that middle did give us that steal you know it made a big difference I don't know what you think if that's uh, if you share that opinion and maybe it would have been a different result a month ago perhaps we probably would have lost the game mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more I mean after the Brentford game I watched Ryan Woods dictate the play when he had nobody marking him Josh Cullen Darren Prattley did absolutely nothing to stop him from basically controlling the entire match and like like you said the difference yesterday was incredible would you say Carl Henry's kind of proven that it was wrong then, Chris? Oh yeah, he's certainly well. He's he's not proven me wrong. You know, in some respects, yeah. Um, he's he's obviously he's the Carl Henry that he's always been. He's been he's an absolute shit house in terms of his his on field tactics. You know, I wrote about it extensively in that he played the game that we needed him to play. Um, on the ball, I don't think he's any better or any worse than than Spearing. But off the ball, I think he's far more influential because. He was pulling, he was tripping, he was in the referee's ear, he was delaying tactics, a bit of time wasting here and there. Everything that we needed to have done in a scrappy game that we needed to eke out a victory, he did. Um, and it's it's been a long time since we had some, such an absolute shit house playing for us. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to hear that term and, and take any offence, but I really mean it in a complimentary fashion. He's, he's the kind of player we've needed. So, yeah, I, I was well impressed with him. I'm, I'm really, really happy we've got him. Will, would you say Sammy Amiobi's kind of made the difference as well? Yeah, I mean, obviously we've been without him for, well, I think the whole of the season now. So, um, you know, I think we played him uh, against Stoke, was it, in the pre-season friendly. Um, But since then, you know, obviously it's been kind of dire. And then just to have, you know, his impact, you know, return immediately. And then the likes of Josh Feller as well, um, just shows out, you know, how much we've been missing them, really. Um, And then obviously credit to them, but also, like you said, to to the... Defenders, you know, they sound as if they were absolutely brilliant, you know, just to keep the likes of Jordan Rhodes and Gary Hooper quiet. Um, and like you said to Carl Henry as well, credit to him because it just sounded like Bannon just had no chance of, of you know, breaking through like previous teams have in, you know, in, in the recent matches. So um, it sounded like it was a really encouraging, encouraging game from where I was sitting. But um, yeah, let, let's just hope it continues and, uh, you know, with maybe with one or two changes. I mean, overall, I thought the team selection was the best it's been so far. Um, I still think we could do with Adam Lafondre in there somewhere. Um, but other than that, yeah, really impressed. One thing just to say, Dan. Sorry again. Sorry to interrupt. Something just come to mind then. Um, well, with regards to Amiobi, we've actually you know we've been without him since Christmas last year, haven't we? Really, when he went back, he went yeah. back to Newcastle. Do you think um, promotion might have been a bit more straightforward if we'd have had him for the full campaign rather than just a few months? Yeah, I mean, everybody talks about, you know, how much of an impact it, it had initially. And then, um, you know, the, the strength of the squad compared to some of the League One sides that we were playing last season, it just seems like it would have been more of a walkover. I, mean, I agree. 
just showing his talent this season um, alone it just in this one game um, has proven perhaps what he could have could have done last season you know but it's it just you know it wasn't available to us at, at that point and to say that we managed to do it anyway last season was, was good regardless but it's just even more of a bonus to have him back now so Chris what was the difference in this game that we won against a good well on paper a good side compared to the rest of the season where we've just been so hapless against most teams. Um, I think it's a bit, maybe it's a bit of a cliche, but I think the support had a lot to do with it because in, in recent years, and I say this as, you know, we've we've all sat through four, five, six, seven managers now, the Bolton fans have never been that um, shy in telling the manager what they think of them. Um, and I don't think, I think Parkinson has benefited for, for having that un, unwavering backup from the majority of fans. I mean, at no point, even in the Brentford game, for example, there was no, wasn't really many people shouting for, for Parkinson to go. There was more a, a case of people just putting their head in their hands with a bit of resignation. We are what we are. But on, on Saturday, you know, it, in fairness, the game, I thought, I don't, I don't know if Tom agrees, I thought, it could, you know, realistically, it could have gone either way or it could have ended up 6-all because both both teams had some serious chances that they missed. Um, Sheffield Wednesday probably just as much as Wanderers. Um, any, you know, any sort of nervousness from the crowd could have been picked up on by the players and transmitted through their performance. It might have led to a different result, but ultimately it was complete and utter unwavering support. The noise was good, that the positivity was there. You know, there was never, apart from the opening minute or so when the Wednesday fans were, were extremely loud, there was barely a peep out of them for the whole game. And that the home fans, whilst not the most vocal, you know, traditionally, we did really support the boys, and and I'd, I'd like to think that that made a big difference. Um, on the pitch, I think you know we've got we we know what we are, we know what out of the way we, we play. I think we're fortunate in that we played against Wednesday, who were you know, spectacularly spectacularly inconsistent. Um, but the good performances of the last few weeks, Bristol, Aston Villa, all combined, I think, to 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 meet in the middle. And it's about time that we got that victory because it sounds to me like they deserved it in the last few weeks. Both away games I didn't, didn't go to. But I'm glad and I'm pleased that we're finally getting the, the rewards that we deserve. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Tom, Josh Feller returned from his injury against Wednesday and lo and behold, a victory comes on that day. Was he? Did he make as much of a difference as it seems? I think the biggest difference he made was the fact that Gary Medine has been all season long, basically, winning headers, um, getting the ball down and having absolutely no support and no one anywhere near him. Josh Feller playing in the number 10 role. He runs all day long and he's always alongside him. There are at least three occasions where the two of them linked up. And I think pretty much on all three occasions we should have scored. Uh, there was one in the first half on the break where Vela was right alongside him when um, Medine broke from a corner. Um, second half when Medine missed his chance, he was set up by Vela. And, and uh, when Medine latched onto a poor kick, he set him up as well. So I think having someone up there to give him the support, if he is going to be Parkinson's main striker, it has to be Vela because no, none of our midfielders have got um, that ability, I think, to get forward in support, but then also have the fitness to get back and do some defensive work to stop us from being overrun. And I think having him in the team with his with his fitness is going to be very, very key to us. And I just hope that, uh, obviously, there were there were rumours about that he'd come back a bit too soon or that he had an injection at half-time or whatever. But I, I really, really hope that he can stay in the team because I think he's vital for us to have any chance of avoiding the drop. He was walking around the pitch at the end of the game with a huge ice pack strapped to his ankle as well. So I don't think those... You know, rumours about him being nowhere near 100%. I don't even think the rumours, I think they're pretty much nailed on to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, 
ultimately it is concerning. Win. It is concerning. Well, it is, but then the win's a win, and so you've got to think it's a gamble that's paid off. True, but like I say, I think I think he's so key to our team uh, performing well. He, he gives everyone a lift on the. When I saw him on the team sheet, I automatically felt a bit more optimistic about the day, and I, th- I think I'm not alone in that at all. Mm-hmm, 100%. But do you think it's worth the risk? Will playing potentially playing Villa, uh, Villa, sorry, through in maybe when he's not 100% fit for the points and the betterment of the team. Yeah, I mean, as the other lads have said, you know, it was really important that we that we had him back yesterday. You know, he, he obviously added a lot more to our game and he's definitely a figure that we've been missing. So, um, I know it's obviously always a risk bringing a player straight back and, you know, n- not having him feature on the bench, but going straight into the starting eleven. Um, you know, it's just, it would just be our luck for him to go off within the first 10 minutes, but luckily that didn't happen. Um, and I know I saw a few quotes where he played through the, through the pain barrier, you know, just to to come back for us, and you know, I I really appreciate that, you know the effort that he's gone to 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 come back and do that for us, and it, it just shows how much of a valuable asset he really is. And you know, when he was a little bit in close shadow last year, it's re- he's really been able to come out and just you know um, be the best that we've that we've seen on of him in a bolt shirt. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, was there anyone who played particularly well or particularly bad? Anyone who stood out? For either reason, on Saturday. Well, Ami Obi really, really, you know, impressed me and surprised me to an extent as well because I've had doubts from the start about how how we would do in this division, um, only because in the past he's he's failed to light the light the league up. But he, he was fantastic at weekend. He's got unbelievable skill uh, and quality on the ball. You know, he he can keep the ball. He's he's extremely strong. And at the same time, he he was he worked really hard too. His tracking back was really impressive. Um, and his overall play, I thought, was great. At one point, I thought he was going to go off because he was a victim of a, of a really, really cynical foul at about three quarters of the way through the first half from one of the Sheffield defenders. And, and he went down for a period of time. It looked like he might have gone off. But previously, I, I would have wondered whether someone like him would have had the, the sort of strength of character to come back from that and thrive on the pitch. And he did. And he didn't. You know, he faded a little bit as the game went on. But he's, him, you know, he too, as well as Vela, working his way back to fitness. So I thought Amiobi was impressive, and I also I also thought Medine um, had a, had a, a really good game from his perspective as well. We know we all know the game that he plays. Um, he, you know, as far as centre forwards go, you'll never be in the top ten thousand forwards That's we've ever had. Oh, you know, I've not seen it back on telly, and I don't really want to, to be honest. It was horrendous seeing it live in, in in the flesh. He had three opportunities, I thought, in the penalty area throughout the game, and he, and he he was pretty woeful each time. But outside the box, he was. You know, potentially the one of the most influential players on the pitch because he's facing the two leads at Sheffield centre half, Tom Lees, and I'm not sure who the other fellow was, um, but both fairly agricultural in their approach to the game, quite old school, you know, bruises. Um, and he, he fought back and he, he too showed really good character as a player that in the past has had his, had his character questioned, you know, in terms of him being up for the fight. Um, I thought he really showed his commitment to the cause on Saturday, and I, I was I was very impressed with his performance. Um, and finally, Ben Anik as well. Um, I know there's been Seen debate. One save that was amazing. Yeah, he, he made at least two saves of equal quality that, that were match-winning saves ultimately. Um, and I think he's he's laid to rest any immediate doubts, you know, especially in the next few weeks as to who our number one goalkeeper is. Um, Mark Howard's not really done a great deal wrong, but I think Anik has been uh, has been superb, and he was absolutely superb on Saturday too. Just a, a good team performance, you know. Everyone everyone was on, um, and I wrote about it in five things that sometimes that's what you need. You need everybody 
to come together and be on, on form at the, the right time. Beavers, too, given how poor he's been this season, um, he was much more like his, his old self on Saturday. Uh, and I thought he was he was easily one of our better players, too. So, yeah, it was a great team performance and, and we, we thoroughly deserve the victory. No poor performances to speak of? Not really, no. Um, what a really? You know, it's difficult. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be real. You'd really have to be nitpicking to sort of say anyone anyone wasn't at least half decent. You know, even even the, you know the worst performer of the team. You know, you'd be you'd be struggling to work out why everyone was at least a you know a seven out of ten. I'd say. What do you think, Tom? Is anyone particularly straight for you? That's maybe someone who Chris didn't mention. Uh, in terms of a good performance, I think the fullbacks deserve immense credit for for what they had to deal with yesterday. Well, Sheffield Wednesday don't necessarily play with out and out wingers, but the width provided by Jack Hunt and Adam Reach on both sides, um, they're 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 do two good quality players. But I think the long balls that were played up to because I think at one point they had three or four strikers on the pitch. Sheffield Wednesday, a lot of them were diagonals played out towards Little and Taylor, and in the air they dealt with them very very well. But I've I've always been a fan of Little. I think going forward, um, he wasn't brilliant. But he's so much more uh, defensively capable than um, Stephen Darby. He has to be one of the first names on the team sheet. He's certainly better than Darby, as I said. Um, but in terms of poor performances, the only person I think in that starting lineup whose place is definitely up for grabs is Adam Armstrong. And it's, it's only because when he's on the ball, he doesn't look anywhere near as confident as some of the other lads. I think when Craig Noon came on, he was much, much better than Armstrong. And for me, I think he's because he's left-footed as well. I think he should probably be starting out on that flank rather than someone who's been put in to a position that he's not really comfortable with. Mm-hmm. He's mild, been, been played miles out of position in, in his defence, and yeah, and yeah. I thought we I thought we we missed his pace on the break as well when he went off. I know he's not ever going to be a left, a left you know wide left foot uh, well, left-sided player, but I thought you know he worked hard, he ran, um, and he just needed. I just I don't think he's good enough or necessarily strong enough to be our first-choice attacker. Um, and am I right in thinking that his loan expires in January anyway? Yeah, it does. I think they all do, yeah. don't they? Yeah. So I don't think it's nailed on that he's going to stay by any stretch. So would we have the Thundra in instead then? I definitely would. Well, why don't you tell us about that one? Um, but I, I wanted to make a point of this in an article a couple of weeks ago, but um, basically I, I I did write Armstrong, you know, when we when we initially signed him. Um, it just seemed like the sort of player who could bang goals in, you know, on a regular basis. But since we've been so loyal to Medine, you know, playing him up front every game, and we've now kind of almost switched to him playing on his own. Um, having Armstrong out wide hasn't really worked, and I'm not saying that Lafondre would necessarily be any better out wide either. But I think if you've got to choose between those two, I mean, they're very similar players in terms of what they offer um, in, like going forward. But I think, like, like Tom said, when you're looking at having someone to play out wide, like as a dedicated winger, you've got to be looking at Craig Noon. Um, he seems to light up games when he comes on and obviously he's got the experience at this level. Um, but if, if you're looking at bringing two strikers back in, I think it's got to be LaFondre. He's the proven goal scorer of the two. Um, you know, it doesn't really deserve to be sat on the bench every week. And, you know, I think we've, we have debated many times whether he's actually a Parkinson signing or not. Um, but, you know, I think he does deserve a bit of game time and just to remind the Bolton fans of what, you know, he, he did for us in previous stints. Would you agree, Chris? Yeah, I'd like to think LaFondra would find a place in this team, but, you know, after the way Saturday went, I'd be, I'd be hard-pressed to, to work out where you, you fit him in because... 
Um, Vela obviously has got that role locked in at number 10. Medin's got his role locked in up front. Amiobi, after Saturday's performance, is, a, is an undroppable. Um, I guess the only sort of wild card element of it is the, is the Armstrong position. But is that a position that someone like Adam LaFondra is really suited for? Because I don't, I, I'm, I've struggled to think that he would be. Um, he hasn't really got the pace or the experience playing that position to, to make the most of it. You know, we've got two or three players fighting for one shirt and the player that's currently got that shirt in, in Gary Medine isn't going anywhere anytime soon. You know, he's, he seems to have, uh, he's not doesn't suffer from any sort of real fitness problems. It doesn't seem to matter to Parkinson that he's gone, you know, is it 10 or 11 games without a goal? We saw last season that he did something similar. It didn't make any odds. Uh, Medine gets played no matter what. Even when we sign somebody that can play a similar sort of game to Medine in Wilbraham, it doesn't make any difference. That player doesn't doesn't get a sniff. Um, so as sad as it sounds, you'd wonder whether come January and the need to maybe free up some wages for reinforcements that, that Lafondra, it could even be, you know, sacrificial lamb in terms of us getting rid because I should, I would expect he's probably in our top five earners, um, and there's maybe an argument for for letting him go to free up some much needed wage wage budget in the squad. Sad to hear. What do you think, Tom? It's an interesting one. I certainly agree with Chris in that I don't think LaFondre would work playing where Armstrong's playing. Armstrong is obviously not a winger, but he's been played there because he's got pace. And on the break, it's, it's certainly a new thing as a Bolton fan to watch someone out there you know, be, be able to actually beat defenders for pace. But um, I, I mentioned in my wingers article that I think perhaps he could get in the team ahead of Medine, but I don't think Parkinson in, for a, in a million years is going to go that way because he's, he's set up his side to do one thing and one thing only, and that is to get it to Medine's head and try and play from there. Even though I think in spells, we played some really, really nice football against Sheffield Wednesday, the kind of football that Adam LaFondre might have benefited from. Um, I like him as a player. I think he cares a hell of a lot about this club, um, and I certainly think he'd work very, very hard um, if, he, if he was given the nod. But as Chris said, I think Amiobi's undroppable, he wouldn't work out on the left wing and he's not going to get in ahead of Medine, so possibly that might be the way to go, but I'd be very, very sad to see him leave. 100%. I don't think he will. I think he'll get his chance soon enough. Is there anything else from the Wednesday game, Chris, you want to discuss? Um, no, I mean, I mentioned um, mentioned Beavers returning to form. I thought uh, the two full-backs were excellent as well. I know you mentioned Little already. Um, his final ball sometimes leaves a bit to be desired, but I think his energy is really important too, so... Yeah, I thought he did really well, and and you know I thought Craig Noon too when he came on was uh, was really positive. It's nice to see a winger actually try and take somebody on. It's been a it's been a while since we had that. Um, yeah, I thought from Wednesday's point of view, I don't know if anything's been said about Jordan Rose's injury yet. Um, it looked pretty nasty though at the time, so hopefully he's not out for too long. But yeah, they missed some unbelievable chances, and if I was their manager, given how negative their fans were towards him at full time, calling for him to be sacked. I'd be a bit fed up because his players didn't really didn't really pull out all the stops to try and look like they wanted to make him stay. Anything else, Tom? Um, I think on Jordan Rhodes, an informed Jordan Rhodes buries the chances that he got at the weekend. Easily. I think we're, very, we're very fortunate that he, he is a man out of form. But Sheffield, I completely understand where the Sheffield Wednesday fans are coming from because realistically, they should be beating a team like Bolton. When you look at the, the strikers they have at their disposal, it is criminal that they didn't put a few goals past us. They beat Leeds 3-0 last weekend as well. Exactly. It, it, it makes no sense to me when you can afford to start Gary Hooper 
and Stephen Fletcher and then afford to bring on the strikers like Jordan Rhodes and Lucas Zhao, or all four players who I would think would get a game in our team, no questions asked, and still only get the one goal and none of them be involved in it. It's it, 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 something must be wrong from it's their perspective. The manager, the manager's not good. Carthel should have been sacked. If not in the summer, just gone the summer before because he's he's yeah. awful and the money they've spent. It's more that they only spend money on names and not have to bring in players to suit an actual team or a system. I was just going to say that. Absolutely, I thought Fletcher. Fletcher was atrocious. He didn't bring anything to the game whatsoever. Yet, you know, he's he's a moderately famous player. He's had a, he's had a, an half decent career. Um, he, he was he was shocking on Saturday. Really, really poor. I'd have been fuming if he'd been playing for us and if he if he'd turned in a performance like that. Well, you look at the performance that Medine put in in comparison to Fletcher. The difference oh, was incredible. In, indeed, like day and night. Like I think their manager's more set on starting arguments as well rather than mm. starting a decent... Oh, he's a nutter. He comes across as a complete nutter, doesn't he? His, his body language on Saturday was really defeatist as well, I thought. He was obviously on the opposite side to me, but it was impossible not to not to spot him sort of trudging up and down the touchline. I know from having seen him in the past, he, he can be quite you know quite out there, a bit demonstrative, you know, his arms flailing out. Uh, he, he, was, he had his hands in his pockets and was walking up and down. He... If I was to put my money on it, you'd think that he, he knew his job was on the line and that uh, a defeat wouldn't probably mean the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, he should have beat gone a long time ago. But Bolton aren't quite gone yet. As we said, they're still in the fight. Next, they play QPR. How's that game going to go, Chris? Are we going to continue this form? Are we going to get out of this relegation mire we find ourselves in? Or is it just going to be crashing back to reality? Fingers crossed. I mean, there's no reason why we can't continue the uh, the sort of momentum that we took from from Saturday's performance. I've absolutely no idea where QPR are in the league. I might just Google it while I'm on the foot on the on the scout with you boys. Um, but they they don't seem to be anything any sort of great shakes this season, uh, from what I understand. Um, and there's no reason whatsoever whilst we can't have that sort of confidence that will lead us to, lead us to feel like we can get a result. I mean, there's there's very few teams in this league that you would you would face against and, and automatically wonder whether you've got you know any sort of fighting chance whatsoever um, so yeah I, would, I wouldn't change anything if I can keep the same team then I would keep the same team um, uh, quick Google QPR 15th place on 14 points so yeah but they've only won 3 games out of 12 so they've only won 2 games more than us but they're, they're a good 9 points in front so you know mid table's not <clears> a million, mile, million miles away if that was to come our way um, but I would certainly take the same approach. I would get Amiobi on the ball as much as possible, see what havoc he can cause, um, and just play on the front foot. We saw against Wednesday in the Cup and on Saturday that if we were to play a more progressive attacking style, it can be to our benefit. Let's not sit back and wait for the worst to happen. Let's be let's be adventurous. Yeah, it might not go in out, might not go our way ultimately, but wouldn't it be much much better to go down with a bit of fight than with a whimper? What do you think, Will? Um, yeah, I mean, like Chris said, I don't see why not that, that we could, you know, get another three points at home. I mean, we always seem to be a better side at home despite having struggled to start with. Um, but, I mean, I, I quite like the idea of, you know, if we're able to go and get a few wins now, you know, become quite an unpredictable side to face. Um, because even though we're bottom of the table at the minute, you know, once teams start coming to us and thinking, actually, it might not be as easy as we think here. And I think teams are slowly starting to realise that we're not, you know, completely incapable of playing football. And it's just, I'm not going to mention the word, we've got no luck, because that's not the case at all. It's just that we've just not been good enough up to this point. Um, but I think now, when we get the ball rolling, we, we could become a little bit of a threat and hopefully get out of danger and push on. <clears throat> And your thoughts, 
Uh, from my side, uh, I have the two home games, that we, the one that we've just had and the one coming up. Uh, QPR would be the one that I would have pegged as uh, the one, the more, much more winnable game, I think. Other than uh, Seller up front, who clearly knows where the goal is, and uh, Luongo in midfield, I don't really think they've got many big names, big stars. This strike is a bang average championship side. Um, and if Luongo tries to have any influence on the game, I'd back Carl Henry to be the one to mark him out of it like he, like he did to Bannon against Wednesday. So I, 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 I'm going into the game quietly confident, given that we've won um, yesterday. But, um, you know, every game in the championship is going to be a difficult one. I, I just hope that we don't, you know, mess this up, having, you know, got ourselves back on track. Well, we can only hope results go our way and we can start climbing out of this kind of relegation pit we're in. Is, is it, I mean, it's been, as International Week goes and as time goes, it's been quite an, a no-news week, a uh, couple of weeks for Bolton, Chris. So is there anything else we want to talk about at all? Not really, no. It's it's interesting, isn't it? I won... I'm just thinking how one victory can completely change your perspective on the season. Um, you know, we're going into the game on Saturday. I, w- I was talking to, to my mum to say, well, got a huge bad feeling about the game on Saturday. And had we lost that, then that would have come into it being in two home games on the trot. And we were we were debating, even in our own little LLV group, whether Parky could survive two home uh, home defeats on the trot, given how hostile fans have been to underperforming managers in the past. But now, look, we won a game. Everyone seems to be forgetting the fact that we're rock bottom and we're, you know, we're still moderately adrift on five points. I feel like we can do it. You know, all it takes is another win, and you're, you're one step closer. And don't, don't forget the the target for this season has got to be twenty first place, no higher than that. It's not it's not a million miles away. So there's no reason at all why we should we should give up. Things are definitely much more positive than they were even twenty four hours ago. Um, well, not twenty four hours ago. You know, on Saturday morning. Um, so you just don't know, do you? you just don't know. All you got to do is just go in and, and try your best to play the same as we played on Saturday, and just see what happens. You know, stranger things have gone on in football. Well, that's good to know. So if there's nothing else to talk about, lads. I think I will. Uh, Tom, we've got nothing, nothing else to say, nothing more Bolton related. No, not particularly good. Well, it's just nice to have a nice week where we're not depressed as fuck when the ending comes, and we're not kind of re- re- still only got half an hour to talk about. But it's been a pleasant half an hour. We've won, not a one, not a speck of negativity or criticism we're all just happy good looking out and hope we can climb out of this mess we never know next week when we lose 4-0 to QPR we'll all be fucking raging again but till then we shall be happy but there's nothing else to say lads it's time to say goodbye so say goodbye Chris goodbye Chris say goodbye Tom goodbye Tom say goodbye Will goodbye Will and it's goodbye from me Seth Lattin.